Okay, I hope everyone can hear me. I hope it doesn't get any hotter. All right, so uh, first of all, big shkaych to Jamie Stoller for sponsoring this morning's breakfast and learning. Hashem tomorrow morning as well. Shbiyas for him. Zol mishpacha. The whole kilo, so to see only good things, only a good year. All right, so, so let's get back into it. So last week we began the sugya of to investigate the concept of tshuva. Not so much how to do tshuva, that, you know, we, we know what we have to do, but more what is tshuva in more an essential sense. What is tshuva? What's in Phthemius? What's happening with tshuva? So, again, I just want to go through, like, sort of the, the kits are what we mentioned last week, and then, then take it from there. So, it's like this. We started with basically two questions with the Rambam. We're not going to, we, we answered one of them, partially, and the next one we're going to answer, as Hashem, next week, but, uh, but just the chazer quickly. One thing we saw in the Rambam, that the Rambam, when he counts the mitzvah of tshuva, he, in fact, does not count tshuva as the mitzvah. There's no, the Rambam does not say the mitzvah is that when a person, God forbid, falls into sin, to do tshuva. Rambam doesn't say that. The Rambam says that when a person falls into sin and they decide to do tshuva, there's the mitzvah to do tshuva in a particular way, to say it verbally and to confess, to say vidoy. But there was no, the Rambam didn't say the mitzvah is to do tshuva, which by itself is a pella. Why would there be no mitzvah to do tshuva? Once I'm, so tshuva is voluntary, and then it's just once I'm voluntarily entering into that domain that's called tshuva, now there's a mitzvah that kicks in how to do it. But why would tshuva not be a mitzvah by itself? So that was question number one. <coughs> Question number two was that we found in the Rambam as well is that tshuva is, there's like sort of like a triangle, that tshuva is not just by itself. Tshuva is always bound intimately with davening, with davening. The Rambam says that tshuva should be done in the context of davening. The Rambam said the way of a bal tshuva, the, 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 the lifestyle of a bal tshuva is that not only does he strengthen that particular area that he was struggling with, but no matter what, he always strengthens his davening. Davening is part of his avayda. So tshuva and tefillah are bound together. And we also saw in the Rambam that tshuva and tefillah are also bound to tzedakah. That the bal tshuva, the lifestyle of bal tshuva is to be marba b'tzedakah, to give, to increase his, uh, his charity, to give more tzedakah. And again, it's a pella. I mean, although we say this here on the Rambam, tshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah, mavir, and rosh, The problem is that, uh, again, the, the, guy's, the guy's doing tshuva on Lashon Hara. But yet, in order to do tshuva on Lashon Hara, he has to work on his davening and he has to give tzedakah. What does davening have to do with tshuva? What does tzedakah have to do with tshuva? If a guy's uh, doing tshuva because he's stingy, I understand he has to give tzedakah. If a guy's doing tshuva because he's not davening, so I understand he has to daven. But e- whatever you're doing tshuva on, it always has to be with tefillah and tzedakah. So why is that? Okay, so what we saw last time, we introduced this idea with Rashash. We saw from, from the Rashash, from Shirabi, from the great Sradish uh, Mekubalim, is that the Rashash explained that whenever a person, God forbid, commits an Avera, or let's put it this way, an opportunity to do God's will, whether it be a positive mitzvah or to avoid an Avera. Whenever there was a missed opportunity to be Makai in one of the 613, whether it be a positive or a negative, so Rashash said there are, two, there are two fallouts for that. There are two fallouts for that. Number one, that moment, that moment which was passed up, so we know that every single moment is a new universe. That universe is still in rubble. Again, we saw this last time that the Rabbanu Shalom creates the world in such a way where any moment that we're brought into is not perfected. It's still, it's still in a state of chaos, spiritually speaking. It might be functional physically, but spiritually it's still chaotic. And the point of our Avodah Hashem is to go from moment to moment 
from world to world and to repair that universe and to bring harmony and peace and, and light of Hashem into that toivo, into that chaos. If a person goes by a particular moment without fulfilling a mitzvah, it's a lost opportunity in the sense of that now that universe is still in rubble. Now by the time you are motivated to, you know, to better your ways, you're already in a different moment, you're in a different universe. So Seder Ashash, one fallout is that that universe that you were in at, uh, at that moment, 9 a.m., whatever it is, is still in rubble, and, and now it's 9.02. What are you supposed to do? It's a different universe now. That's one fallout. The other fallout, Seder Ashash Echidish, is that although the missed opportunity might have been you know, a 9, 9, 9, 9 a.m., and it might have been something revolving around whatever the mitzvah, it might have been about shatnas, who knows, whatever the lost opportunity was. But Seder Ashash, every time there's an Avera or there's a lost opportunity of a mitzvah that happens, it affects that entire, day, that entire day's davening. The universe, the infrastructure, the, the, spiritual, uh, the, the spiritual infrastructure that we are building every single day with Shachras Minchamayrev, because it, that infrastructure, although it doesn't seem that it is being touched when a person makes a mistake in some other area of the day, so the Rashash, there's a fallout, there's, there's some damage that's done to the world of davening and that day. Therefore, said the Rashash, every time a person does tshuva, there are two things that need to be repaired. That particular moment needs to, you have to go back to that moment somehow and repair that moment and elevate that moment which was passed up originally. And number two, you have to go back and sort of repair the entire structure of davening of that day. <coughs> and therefore, said the Rashash, the chiddush of tshuva is, is that the Rabbanishim allows us to transcend time. Because what stops a person from being able to fix 9 o'clock is because it's not 9 o'clock anymore. So what are you supposed to do? The Chiddush of Tshuva is, said the Rashash, is that a person is able to transcend time. When a person puts themselves in that Avaida of Tshuva, as the Rambam records it, what Tshuva looks like, but you go through the halachic process of Tshuva, what's happening in the soul is that a person is no longer bound to the t- constraints of time that our bodies are in. Metaphysically, the Neshama is no longer constrained to that. And the Neshama is able to travel to older moments to previous moments and previous universes. So it might be 10.05 right now, but if a person is doing tshuva, the neshama is able to travel back to 9 a.m. And if there was a missed opportunity at 9 a.m., the neshama is able to travel back and fix it. And it's not only able to fix that moment, by doing that, it's also able to then repair the entire davening of that particular day. That was the Chiddush Lurashash, and that's why we saw in the Rambam, that's why, at least to partially answer the question, that's why tshuva and tefillah are always bound together. What's the shaykhs between tshuva and tefillah? The answer is because every time you do tshuva on anything, part of that is to repair the world of davening. Now, that was number one. Number two, what we saw vaita from Rav Nachman is that this Indian of tshuva as being a way, that, that part of tshuva is, is to sort of be untethered and, un, and, and, un, and to be uh, unbound to time, to be able to be freed from that, to travel back and to go to different places, so to speak, to fix those locales and those moments that were passed up, Rav Nachman taught us, and was, uh, he didn't really explain too much, but Rav Nachman said, not only is this a, a byproduct of tshuva, or a side effect, or a, a necessary component of tshuva, Rav Nachman said, this is tshuva itself. In other words, Rav Nachman said that inst- we have to re- reorient ourselves to think that the very definition of sin versus the very definition of tshuva is this nakuda. The definition of sin is a person becoming more stuck in time that's the very definition of Avera. And the very definition of tshuva, to repair that means to become less stuck in time. 
So this inning of zman and 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 the fact that with tshuva we are less tethered to it. That's not a side effect. It's not a secondary point. That's the essence of what tshuva is, and that's in a certain sense the essence of what avera is. Now we, we saw the root of this in the kisyari as well last week. That the Rizal said that as a fallout of the sin of the Yitzhadas, Toivara, so we mentioned this, that there are certain times in the year that are more affected by that original sin. And surprisingly enough, the time that's most affected by that sin is actually the time of, the, of, of Roshan, of Tishrei, basically Roshan through Sukkot. And the Rizal taught that as a result of those days being extremely, for whatever reason, those days were extremely damaged by that Avera, Therefore, the tikkunim and the spiritual accomplishments, which on any day happens relatively quickly, you do one shmanesra and you accomplish so much, from Rosh Hashanah through Sukkot, that same process is stretched, stretched out over weeks. And so you see this phenomenon that the result of an Avera, like why, why is that, like why should that be? Because of the Mechavah Sin, so Memela, whatever they're able to accomplish now is just drawn out slower. The answer is that, that itself is a, that, that's the result of sin. Sin makes a person more stuck in time. That literally, that literally, what could have been accomplished by Adam in a moment, literally take, and takes uh, what we could accomplish on an average day, now by Yom Neroim and so on, it takes three weeks. So Avera itself means to be more bound. And Tshuva, therefore by its very definition, means to be less bound to time, to become more Lamalman as man. So it's not a side effect, it's not an necessary component, does is does. Okay, so I want to, sh- before we, okay, so the, the next step is like what in the world, like what in the world, like what, what's a, what does it mean to be tethered with time, unbound to time, why is time such a bad guy all of a sudden? So we'll see about this in a moment. We're going to have the Vilna Goyen come explain Rav Nachman, which is not such a crazy thing, by the way. Vilna and Uman have the same gematria, so it's not such a, it's not such a pal. They should partner with each other. There are a lot of, by the way, so not for now, but there's a lot of overlap between the writings of the Grah and the writings of, of Rav Nachman. There's a lot of similarities in style. There's a lot of very interesting things with that. So, um, anyway, so, but, but before we get into the Vilna Gain, I, you know, I mentioned something in Shal Shudas last night, and really it's negated to this. So, I, so let's take a few minutes to see something in Halacha. We're doing this every day, this time of year in El, and it's related to this idea. But here, let's, let's do it together. So take a look at Marmokin number one. So this is a tour. I mentioned this by Shal Shudas that we know that Svardim, for example, we'll speak about it tomorrow morning, but Svardim say slichas throughout El, right? Our, by Ashkenazim, we don't say slichas, right? What do we do during El? We say Ladavid and Abol right? So what's the source of that? So take a look at Marmokin number one. There's a tour, the beginning of Hilchas Rosh Hashanah. So he quotes like this, Tanya b'pirka d'rulazer. It's a medrash, chazal pirka d'rulazer. It says like this, Brosh Chodesh El, the Medrash says that on Rosh Chodesh Elul, Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu Lameisha Alei Eilai Hahara. We know the the Kleisol sin with the golden calf on Shabbos B'Tamas, right? The luchas are, are broken on Shabbos B'Tamas. The next forty days from Shabbos B'Tamas till Rosh Chodesh Elul, Moshe Rabbeinu is davening for us that we should be forgiven. And on Rosh Chodesh Elul, Hashem says, "Fine, you're forgiven enough. Come back to Har Sinai, and your real and Torah will give you the second luchas." That happened on Rosh Chodesh Elul. That's when Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Shemaim to receive the second luchas. And says the Medrash, and at that day of Rosh Chodesh Elul, they blew a shoifer in the, in the camp of the Jewish people to say that Moshe Olahar, to tell people, this is day one, that Moshe Rabbeinu just went up to Arsinai, that they shouldn't miscalculate 
the cheshman of how long Moshe Ben is up there, that we shouldn't fall back in Vega, right? Because that's what happened with Ega. We, we lost calculation of Moshe, and that threw everyone off. And so they blew a, they blew a shoifer, day one, and start counting properly. That's uh, what Chazal say. And the Rabbani Shalom was elevated. The Shechina went up to Shemayim with that Shoifer. Fine, that's the Medrash. Says the tour. Because of this Chazal, we're Mesakin for Ashkenazim. Does Farad and Shoifer also? El? Did you do that? At least Ashkenazim. Okay, I don't know. So, uh, probably. So Chazal were Mesakin. Shiutaikin Vashchaydish Elul. The Kol Shana Vashana. That we should blow Shoifer also Rishchaydish El every single year. That's number one. Says the tour, and as an extension of that, the Minig then developed to blow Shoifer not just Rishchaydish, but throughout the entire month of El. In order to motivate us and to inspire us and to remind us to do Tshuva. Shoifer is always a sound that evokes Yer Sashem and Tshuva. And in order to confuse the sun. Okay, so the tour brings down three reasons that there's shoifer blowing these days. It starts off because that, on Rishchai the Shell, they blew the shoifer to tell Kalah Yisrael day one when Moshe Benu goes up. So we blow Rishchai the Shell. Okay. Then the tour says, and it's also the whole month to remind us to do tshuva. And it's also to confuse the sun. So what are all these three reasons? So if you take a look at Maramaka number two, the Bach, when the Achreinim on the tour, so he explains, he says like this, it started off, the minute started off, Rishchai Dishal, to blow Shaf Rishchai Dishal. Why? Because that's, that's what Kali Yisrael blew the Shafer with Meishavena going up. But So where this idea come to blow the whole month? So Omar, so now the tour extends that it started with this idea of blowing Shafer Rishchai Dishal, but the minute then developed the whole month, because in order to motivate Kali Yisrael to do Tshuva. Uh, to demotivate Kaisa to do tshuva, maybe start uh, a week in Tel, Sepis, a whole month. Okay, we started Rishchaydesh because of the Moshe Rabbeinu Cheshven, right? So we continue with that to do tshuva. But now you might ask a question. So if part of, if the reason why we're continuing to blow throughout El is for tshuva, then why do we stop after Hashanah? Aser Smei Tshuva also, why not blow then? It's also good. Uh, it's called a seris mitzvah, right? So al kein omar k'dei la'arvus asad. That's the last reason that the the tour brings down that there's another component of confusing the sudden of not making of having the sudden shouldn't know what day it is and where it is and, and things like this. The sudden shouldn't know when Rosh Hashanah is. And because of that element, that part of Shoifer is to confuse the sudden to throw him off the scent of Rosh Hashanah. That he shouldn't know what day Roshan is. He's blowing, we're blowing today, we're blowing tomorrow. We have no, he doesn't, he's all confused. So Mamela, there's no reason to blow after Roshan because that's a major component to confuse the the the, 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 the sudden of when Roshan is. Okay, so it, it's always like this. Enigla, separate, disconnected points. So you have three three different points over here with our shofar blowing throughout El. Point number one, it's the Zecher, it reminds us of Kala Yisrael in the desert, that they blew the Shaifa Rishchai Deshel to tell, to tell Kala Yisrael what day number one is, that they should keep Cheshman properly. Point number one. Point number two, we want to inspire ourselves to do tshuva, so we blow throughout the month. And point number three, we also want to confuse the sudden to throw him off when Rosh Hashanah is, so we also want to blow through, you know, throughout the entire month of El to confuse him. So like I said, Enigla's always disjointed. But Nister, Panimi Satar, the Neshama always comes to unite. 
The site over here is, the, is based on what we were just talking about. The essence of tshuva is to become less tangled in zman. The more tangled a person up is in zman, the more of a simon of avera. The definition of tshuva is to be a little bit separated. And so, even if we're not talking about being lamalman azman, but being in control of time, and knowing what time it is, and not being confused by time, and not being overwhelmed with zmanim, and that's also a certain sense of becoming a little bit less tethered. And so all these inyanim, of knowing what day it is, that Klal Yisrael should know what day it is, that this is day one, and this is day two, and this is day three, and it's the sudden that should be confused in terms of zman, that itself is tshuva. So these three inyanim of remembering what it was in the Midbar, that every, every Klal Yisrael now knew what day it is, right? And the second reason of we want to inspire ourselves to do tshuva. And number three, the sudden should be confused with man, but not us. It's all the same Indian. It's the same, that's the side of tshuva. The side of tshuva is to become less mavulbal and less enmeshed in zman itself and a little bit more detangled, disconnected and, and uh, have a better perspective and vision over zman. To be less controlled by zman as opposed to you be the one to control it. That's the idea. But, but what does this all mean? What's, what's this in Zman? What's our relationship with time? What does this tell us about Shuvah? So like I said last week, this week is still going to be concept, okay? Next week, Bez Hashem, we're going to make it, we're, oh, I'm going to try, make it Lamaisa. What, 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 what does this tell us about the emotional experience of Shuvah? But just the concept. So like I said, we're going to learn a piece from the Vilna Gain. So in Marmokka number three, in Marmokka number three, we have a piece from the Kuti Hagra. Now this is, this is, it's definitely from the Grosbe Smedrish, I, I tell you that. It's definitely from the Grosbe Smedrish. It's questionable whether this is Mamish Tiksaviyad of the Gra, from his Talmidim, but it's definitely from his Grosbe Smedrish. This is printed, uh, it's in a printing of the, um, there's a, a Pirsha of the Gra on Safdit's Nesach, Chelik of the Zarkavish. So, in one of the newer printings of that in the back, they, they found these Ksavim, somehow, whatever, and they, they printed it together. So, this is a piece from the Kutah Gra, and he's talking about this Indian of the relationship between the human being and Zman. It's a pal de So he says like this, Marmokka number three, we'll, we'll go through it together. This relationship between the human being, the Jew, and time. This is the way to think of this is that this, the relationship between the Jew and time is a relationship between a Zachar and a Nekev. He says like this, So the Jewish people, collective humanity, the Neshamas of the Jewish people, which is like one guf, like one entity, right? Kalah Yisrael is one. Who's Zacher? That, think, think of yourself and think of Kalah Yisrael as a male. Ushnoi Sa'olam, and the time of history that we're living through, that we're sort of passing through, Hu Nekeva. That's feminine. Okay. Ve'hitivu asher dibrachachamim. It's interesting. And said the Vilna Gain. And because of this, it makes a lot of sense. The, 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 the sprach, the, um, uh, the saying that philosophers have, Makes a lot of sense. Shazman reha adam The saying the philosophers had is that time is a man's best friend, not dog, but time is a man's best friend. And so he says. So says the Vilna Gaon. That's mamish correct, because just like Ezer Kenegdai, you know, a person, uh, a person's uh, best friend really is their wife. So time is your best friend. Time is your bechina of your wife. So okay, now the 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 Gaon, Breaks it down even further. Now, we know time is divided into three parts. This is, this is obvious. Avar, Asid, Vahayva. Past, 
past, future, and present, right? Past, present, future. Those are the three parts of Zman. Now, we take that for granted, like, of course. We can't think of there being any other option. Like, of course, there's past, present, and future. But you have to think of it. Like, the Rebbe made the world in such a way. Why? Because, again, if time, think of time, again, we'll have to see what this means. Time is the nekeva versus the person, which is the zachar. So every element of the zachar is going to have to have his parallel in his nekeva, right? So, uh, physically, right? So uh, the human being, the, the zachar has a head, a torso, and feet, right? So the nekeva also, they, they match each other. It's a shidduch. It's a It's a nezer connected. So says the Vilna Gaon, when it comes to an neshama, the human being, there are three basic components. Let's say from from above to below, highest to lowest. Neshama, ruach, and nefesh. Or below to above, nefesh, ruach, neshama, naran. And so, again, without explaining what this means, but says the Vilna Gaon, just as by the zachar, by the neshama, there are three, these three components of neshama, ruach, and nefesh, so too, in its Ezer Kenegdai, in time, time is also going to have, the, there's going to be three elements to time, to be a shidduch, to the human being, which would be past, present, and future. Now he's going to explain the relationship. He says like this, Again, time is divided into three parts, Avar, Asid, Vahayveh, which corresponds to these parts of the human being, Nefesh, Ruch, and Neshama. Or, in the physical sense, Roish, Bet, and the head, the torso, and the feet. The head always corresponds to the highest part, which would be Neshama, the torso is your Ruach, and your feet are, correspond to your Nefesh. And those three parts of who you are, spiritually, neshama, ruach, and nefesh, or physically, head, torso, and feet, have an akeva to them, which is, which is past, present, and future. Okay. How does it relate? So the Pesach is going like this. Just like in the body, the head is the most important, the most chashava uh, part of the body. And from there, things get lower and lower, right, in chashivas. So Cain has man, so too it is with time. Just like the most chashuva part of who you are is your neshama, which is connected to your head, the most chashuva part of zman is past. Amol hat given, right? It was always good in the past. You know, everyone's all nostalgic, right? Nostalgia is always... And, and, the, and the guy says, we're not incorrect. It says in Pasuk, al hayu. it says in Pasuk, don't kvetch that it used to be good. Now, so there's a reason to kvetch. You could kvetch, because the taka used to be much better, right? The, 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 you read the Sadari, right? The early generations were greater. The Torah says, don't complain, just do what you have to do right now. But you see such a thing, is that time, the, the, the avar, right? The avar is always looked at as, as, as higher, as more elevated. That corresponds, that's the shidduch. So in time, the past is the shidduch to the head, to the neshama of the person. So he says like this, Again, that's the relationship. Now, you move down from the head, and then you get to the torso. When you have to point to yourself, what do you, what do, you do? Usually, again, what's famous that most people don't point to their head, they point to their chest, their heart. If you want to know, like, you know, the part of a person, the part of a person that is, that is uh, so to speak, the essence, like who they are, their identity, their, their, their personality, their I, it's the Ruach. It's so that part of the nisham. That's the the part of the soul that's called the ruach, and that connects to the to the torso. So he says like this: So the torso, who ikar ba'adam is the main part of a person in terms of your consciousness and your identity. The chena ruach, and that corresponds to the part of the soul that's called ruach. And 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 in that sense, the purpose of nisham, the purpose of the head, is to give guidance to the heart. And to tell the heart what to do. 
So, so too, Kain kol magma sazman eno el So, so too, the purpose of past is to give instruction to the present. So, in other words, so the past corresponds to the head, right? Corresponds to the neshama. And the present, the, the actual moment that you're living in, that corresponds to your ruach, to your eye, to yourself, to your torso, to the part of you that you point to when you say I. And why is that? Because just, just, as, just as the neshama is there to give guidance to the ruach, so to the past exists to give guidance to the present. That's why there's such a thing. Th- if you think about it, it's like the Rukhara is making an interesting que- point. It's like, why the Rukhara should make it in such a way that we should remember the past? Like, why couldn't the Rukhara make it that whatever happens is completely deleted and we just go weiter, right? The answer is be- that, that, that would be terrible because we want to learn from the past. Well, that's the, that, and that's exactly the point. The neshama is also there. Why the Rebbe should give us this neshama that's completely above our consciousness? The answer is because it's there to guide our consciousness. So the past is there to guide the present. Again, Zohar has this relationship in a cave. It's the same thing. So he says, <clears throat> but the past by itself is kfar ovar. It already happened. It's a good Rebbe. The past is a good Rebbe, and that's what it's there for. Fine, that's past and that's present. What about the future? So the future is the nekeva to the lowest part of who we are, which is called the nefesh, which corresponds to the feet of the person. The ha'asid, when it comes to the future, al tetzitzaras macher. The future, that's what gives us real problems. Because people get completely fixated on the future, and they become all stressed and nervous and anxious about what's going to be. And says the Vilna Gain, al tetzitzaras macher. Why are you getting upset and bizarre over tomorrow's inyanim? The, the future is not something that a person should be focused on so much. should not be focused on. It's not yours. And you're worried about a world that's not yours yet. That's true with time. So the future corresponds to a moment in time that very often drags us down. And it's not something to be focused on too much because it's not, it, it, there's nothing you can do about it. You can, all you can do is, is, is affect the moment of right now, the hive can't really affect the future so much. And so focusing on the future by itself drags you down. And that corresponds, says the Vilna Gain, to what part of the body? The feet, which is mamish, the part of you that, 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 that gets dirty, the part of you that, that, that is touching the floor, the part of you that's low. And so just like the, within the person, the feet are the lowest part. And the part of the soul that are connected to the feet is called the nefesh. And the nefesh means the part of you that's drawn to low things. So in time, the shidduch with that, the nekeva for that, is the future. Because the future also, whenever you allow yourself to go into that place that's called the future, usually it, it just brings anxiety and worry and nervousness, and there's nothing you can do about it anyway. So why even, why even focus on it? So it says the Vilna like this, Kain b'nefesh, so too, so too it is with the nefesh. Shein lach don't think about it too much. Yeah, you have feet, you, you, have, you have to navigate, you have to be part of the world, you have to eat, you have to take care of this world, but it's not something that's like really, should not take up too much emotional space. It's part of the body. In Tanakh, whenever we find the per, a person being described as wanting something of this world, it's usually with the word nefesh. When your nefesh wants to eat meat. That's the part of you that's low. It's the, part of, it's the feet part. It's the future. It corresponds to the future, which usually just takes you to no, to no good places. So just learn from the past and better the present. And the future will take care of itself in Mela. You don't have to think about it too much. So you have a good head, you have a good torso, and the feet will carry you where your head tells your heart to go. That's, that's where it is. It's just transient. It's, a, it's not something to focus on too much. That's the Chiddush of the Vilna Gaim. So you have this idea that, again, the human being versus time is the of Zohar versus Nekev. 
Now, by the way, this connects back with what we were talking about before. It's not a coincidence, therefore. Let's go back. Again, we saw from Nachman that the definition of Aveira, the definition of sin is what? Is time taking over the person, becoming more bound to time, becoming more imprisoned by time. In the language of the Vilna Gain, what we can now translate that is what? Is the Nekeva taking over the Zachar. No, that's exactly what happened by the Yetzadah's Tavira, right? I mean, it's literally what happened. The Yetzadah's Tavira was, Chava sins, and she brings Adam down. That's not a coincidence. It happens to be the first Tavira to ever happen was in such a way that instead of the male being in control of the relationship, it was the Nekeva being in control of the relationship. That's not a random coincidence. Dos is dos. That's exactly what Avera is on a certain sense, according to the Vilna Gain. Isman, which is Nekeva, taking over the person. This is why as a result, and that's why it's an amazing thing, as a result of that sin, so what happens? All of a sudden the human being is now mortal. And now he's completely, completely locked in time. We're going to see this soon in in a few minutes with Rav Nachman as well. We'll go back to Rav Nachman. This idea of death, of mortality itself, is also means that, you, that time is in control. And, and Father Time always wins. And you, keep, you know, keep moving through time, and time will have its effect on you instead of you having an effect on it. Fine. You have the Zachar and the Keva. Now, the Vilna Gaon continues, and this will we'll be able to understand a little bit better what this means practically. So says the Vilna Gaon, Vichibura. There is something that the Rabbanu created in the Bria to give us as a tool to allow this relationship of Zachar and Keva, of human being, of Neshama, Tazman, that it should be healthy. Because again, like every Shalom Bayes, because this is the idea now, we're, we're now redefining Tshuva as really just Shalom Bayes. It's really, really shalom bias. It's just prepa- repairing this relationship that was been that's been destructed, that's been destroyed by the sin of zachar nekeva. We have to repair that. So the Rebbeinu gave us a tool to repair this this inyan. And shalom bias, as we know, doesn't mean chas v'shalom to dominate the wife. It doesn't mean to get rid of the wife chas v'shalom. Ezer but it means the zachar has his role and the nekeva has his, has her role, and they have to understand the play, each one's place. But there is a tool in place. Said the Vilna Gaon v'chiburam. The Yichud, a Zachar Nekeva properly, who B'tayra comes through Tyra. The Yashviyas, now, Vilagayin in his way gives us a few things first. We have, until now, we had six things, if you think about it. You had Neshama, Ruach, Nefesh on the Zachar side, and you had past, present, future on the Nekeva side. Three plus three is six. Okay? There's a seventh that ties it together in a harmonious way. Seven always means Shabbos, which is a day of Shalom Bias, right? And Shabbos is a day that the Torah was given. Says the Vilna Gaon, "V'ashviyus is Shabbos, shadechibur lazman nilma da hatayra shiyevshalam da el bezman." And says the Vilna Gaon, "Tayra is connected with Shabbos. Tayra is the seventh that brings yichud between the three of the Zohar and the three of the Nekeva. It's the source of Shalom Bayis." And says the Vilna Gaon, "That's why Tayra demands a person, a person, the neshama, the person learns Tayra, but he learns Tayra in zman, learns Tayra in zman." Now, I mean, obviously, right? Like, you're, not, you're not learning Torah outside of Zman. But the, the Vilna Gain is, is hinting to something. We, we spoke about this, I think maybe it was before Shavuos. Those that have good memories will remember. There was a, a Torah that we learned from the Vilna Gain himself, Grada in Halacha. The Vilna Gain said that the mitzvah, Talmud Torah is a mitzvah which is always, right? Every single moment there's a mitzvah to learn. Unless you're busy with other things, there's always a mitzvah to learn. But the Vilna Gain had a chiddish that it's not the pshat, there's just always a mitzvah to learn. The mitzvah of Talmud Torah, according to Vilna Gain, is a mitzvah of Zman. Every single moment obligates Tyre. In other words, you have some mitzvahs, so Luv and Esther is a mitzvah that's coming from a certain Zman. 
It comes from the Zman of Sukkot. Talmud Torah also comes from the Zman. It happens to be. It comes from every single moment. But it's a Zman de Mitzvah. That was what we saw from the Vilna Gaon back before Shavuos, I think it was. And the, the Vilna Gaon over here, I think, is probably referencing that Yusayid that he writes in the Bir HaGoran Shulchan Aruch, is that this idea, is that, so why is that? Why the Rebbe should make it that Torah learning is something we always, it's a constant thing, it's like Lamal and Azman, but yet, halachically speaking, it's an obligation that's actually emanating from every particular moment. So every particular moment is telling you to learn. So, so why, why do we have to think of it like that? Just think of it as above time. The answer is, that's the side of Torah. The concept of Torah is to connect the human being, which is in truth above Zman, and give him a healthy balance and relationship to Zman itself. So Torah has to have those two qualities of on the one hand being a constant, which is a, sort of above time, but yet being obligated by time. Connect, making that Yichav Shalom Bayis, right? Shalom Bayis doesn't mean only Zacher or only Nekeva. It means uh, Yichav. So he says like this. And he, go, he goes on more. Vatayra now. Torah itself is just a, it's just a, a beautiful growth. He says Vatayra, he kalels Dalit. We know Torah comp- is comprised of four parts. Pardes, right? Shat, Remez, Drush, and Sight. Four levels of interpretation, four levels of learning. But says the going, Gimel Rishinus Hapnimius, the first three levels, the higher three levels, the more inner levels of Sight, right, Drush, and Remez. The, so he says that's really what Tyra is. We're going to see in a second. The final, the fourth level of Pshat, that's just practical how to do mitzvahs. That's not really Tyra. If you want to like identify which levels of learning are Torah, true, true Torah, it's going to be Said, Trosh, and Remes, which are not practical per se, and that's exactly why they're Torah. Uh, you, you, you want to put on Sitzes, so of course you have to learn how to put on Sitzes, that's the Pshat. So when you learn Pshat, it's not so much Torah, it's more mitzvahs. But if you want to learn Torah, pure Torah, it's going to be those three levels of Said, Trosh, and Remes. So you have a three. You have a three. So you have the three of the Zachar, Neshama, Ruach, Nefesh, Three of the Nekeva, past, present, future, and the three levels of Torah that unite them, which is Said, Drush, and Remes. And Pshat, like I said, Pshat is there, but that's more practical to fulfill mitzvahs. And he says an amazing thing. What's he talking about? These are the three Yoim Hashvi's. So in the, in the, in the Kavonis and the Arizal, we find this idea that in Vayichulu, that we say Friday night, you say it in Davening, you say it by Kiddush. So Vayichulu, it says Yoim Hashvi three times. It's uh, Indian in the Kavanas. And that's what the, that's what the Gain is referencing over here, that the three Yom Hashviz of Shabbos is corresponding to the three parts of Torah, which is Shabbos. Said, Josh, and Remez, uniting the Zohar, the three parts of the Zohar, to the three parts of the Kavan. That's what you have. Okay. Avla Poshit, Eino Elekidei Lasa Mitzvah. The Pshat is not counted because Pshat is just in order to allow us to do mitzvahs. Mashenkin, Begimel HaLolo, however, the first three levels of Said, of Said, Josh, and Remez, that's pure Torah itself. Okay. So now, and then the Vilna Gaon takes us one other step. This dynamic of human being with time being put together healthfully through Torah also corresponds to another three, three system unit, which is from the Sefer Yitzhi, the Book of Creation, Oilam Shana Nefesh, which basically means that the Rabbanu Shalom made the world in such a way, there's the human being, that we identified as the Zacher, you have time, that's called Shana, that's the Nekeva. Then you have oil, you have space, place, time and space, right? We exist as human beings in time and in space. Says the Vilna Gaon, space is Torah. Space is what is, it, this is the location that the Rabbani Shalom took the human being, and this is the Chuppah, like this, this is the Chasana, this is where time, this is where the human being and time are forced to work it out. 
It's in space itself. But we know this scientifically, not that I know anything about this. I try every once in a while, like a Benaz to get a book, like a, to a dumbed-down version of like uh, Einstein's uh, theory relativity and all that stuff. I never get past like the first chapter. But I do know that such an Indian of time and space are connected with each other. Such a, it's a Chiddush, right? And the, 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 this idea is, be, is because Torah is there to unite. The, the Mokim is there to unite human being and time. Well, let's see how the guy says it. Uba'ilam shan and Efesh, in this trio of space, time, and soul, space, time, and person, Oilam Huatayra, the space within which time and person are forced together, that corresponds to Tyra itself. How do I know that space and Tyra are connected? This is where this is a very Rabnachman style. I don't know if you if you if you want the Kutamaran, it's like it's a weaving thing without ever really telling you what we're talking about. The Vilna Gaon has that style as well. So he says, So how do we know that Torah and space are bound to each other? So he says, it says in Pasuk, right? That Hashem created the heavens and the earth, He created space. And the Pasuk says in Sefer Eiv, It says in Sefer Eiv that the Torah says, I was the tool that the Rebbe Hashem used to create heaven and earth. So you see that in terms of space, which is heaven and earth, what did the Rabbanu Shalom use to create it? To, to create that, it was Tyra. So Tyra is the Malkim, Tyra is the space within which the Chassan and Kala have to make it work. That's what Tyra is. The Chayin Ba'olam, Mischaber Ma'adam Vazman. It's through space that the human being and time are forced together. And by the way, Vum Mischak Gimel. And you should know it's also three. Space is also three. Shemayim, Aretz, Va'avir. You have outer space above the atmosphere. You have Mamish dirt, earth, and then you have Everything in between. And, and he says like this, the ikr, and again, always, what's the ikr? Like in the person, the ikr is the torso, and in time, the ikr is the middle, which is the present. What's the ikr in terms of our, our living? It's, it's the space in the middle. It's not the ground. We're on the ground. It's not outer space for sure. It's that middle section of, of air between the ground and outer space. That's our domain. That's where we live. Some people reach 5'11 in that space. Some people a little bit more, some people a little less. But that's the... That's the domain that we live in. It's the Na'avir. So he says like this, which corresponds to the Ruach. It's all these three, it's all, it's all correspond to each other. It's all these three things. Okay. Now, so what does this mean, Lamaisa? So he says like this. Now that we have a better definition of what time is and the relationship between the human being and time, Zachar versus Nekeva, and Torah is there to make Shalom. So what's a healthy relationship between Zachar and Nekeva? So the guy says an amazing thing. The Gemara tells us that every single person is born in a particular time, right? That's not a Chiddush. And that particular time has a certain mazel to it. Has a certain mazel to it. So the Gemara says, Lamashal, a person is born in a certain time where the mazel of that moment is that he's going to be someone that's drawn to blood and violence. So the Gemara says, the objective is not to, to try to beat that. The objective is not to change that. The objective is not to try to disconnect from that. That's called not shalom bayis. The wife, time, is giving you your kaychus. It's telling you what, th- this is the material you have to work with. What's your objective? What's your avayda? Your avayda is not to go against that. Your avayda is to take that quality and use it properly. So it says the Gemara. It says, so the Vilna explains, three lines before the end of the paragraph. nefesh Every soul that's born in this world, it, therefore, is forced to have a shidduch with a certain point in time. And the soul is therefore going to be imprinted by that moment. The nekeva 
the Nekeva is sort of the, the imprint on the Zohar. The Zohar by himself, let me think, a Zohar by himself, we all, we're, we're Zoharim, so we could, we, could, we could be honest amongst ourselves, and we could, we could admit that a Zohar by himself is just all concept potential. The Nekeva, the job of the Nekeva, the Nekeva is much more practical, they're much more does is does. Right? The mushal that I've, I've given before is that if I tell you, pick a number, go as high as you possibly can, and pick that number, and that's the amount of dollars I'm going to give you right now. So you, you begin to climb. While you're climbing, that's called zakhar. It's all potential, it's all theory, it's all very nice, but you don't have anything. The moment that you pick a number, that's the kava. But, that no, but that's it. So it's l'slamaisa, it's, that's what it is. But it's limited. And so the, the idea of an akeva is that the time, what time does, is that an neshama by itself is infinite potential. What is this? Is he a shaykhit? Is he a moyal? Is he a murderer? Is he, uh, is he a meek person? What is he? What is he going to be? A Rosh Hashiva? A businessman? Who knows? Zman comes and gives a chasima. Zman comes and gives a seal and says, Dos is dos. These are the kaychas and nefesh that this neshama is going to have. But a lack of shalom bias is for the zakhar to just go give in to that and just, and just go with however time sort of brings the person. The, a healthy balance is time defines for you what your tchunas are. Time tells you what it, what it, what's the matziv. And then you have to think cerebrally and, and independently and say, okay, what could I do with these particular ingredients to be productive with that? So says the Vilna Gain, Hainefish Lafiazman, the definition of a soul and its qualities are going to be defined based on the time it's created. Ukufile Dase when it's born. Ella, Shahada Maishal, Bibhirase Alazman. But the what is Bakhir? Bakhir is not to be freed of that. Bakhir is to decide how I'm going to take that chasima, that seal, that time that I've been put in, and I'm going to make shalom with that. I'm going to bring it to a I'm going to to, to, to guide my life properly accordingly. And I'm going to guide it in a proper way that it's productive for everyone, for all of us, for time itself. Like the Gemara says, A person is born in a mazel where there's a violent streak in them, they become a shaykhet or a mayel. means it doesn't say don't uh, avoid, hey, that's your kaychas and evesh, that's what you got to do, but just do it, do it in a healthy, healthy way. That's what it means in Ezer Kinegdad. It's not the means that the wife brings out from the husband things that the husband didn't even know himself he had, and then what? To reject it and to ignore it? No, then, then to work with it. And to work with it and to become an elevated person before it. But, but it's two things. It's recognizing what Zman is telling you, and number two, then taking a step back and internalizing within yourself what am I supposed to do with this. Not, it, it's ultimately an idea of being, of being a mashpia. <coughs> The, difference, the, the definition of a zakhar is to be a mashpia. Being a mashpia means not to disregard who I'm being mashpia to. See, see being a mashpia, there's, there's a holy way of being a mashpia, and then there's an unholy way of being a mashpia. The unholy way of being a mashpia is to be a, a, a tyrant. A tyrant is I'm in control, and I could not care less about who I'm being mashpia on, whether they can receive it. Not, it's completely about my power. That's not, a, that's not a healthy mashpia. Healthy mashpia is, my hashpa is going to be guided based on my makabal, but it's not going to be defined based on my makabal. You understand? It's going to be guided by that. And so the time is the makabal, and you are the mashpia. 
That's it. You, are, you are ultimately going to be guided. You're ultimately going to be forced to acknowledge the makabal that you have in your, in your life, which are the zmanim and the midas and the trunas and everything you have in your life that's, that's connected to zman. Everything that's finite in your world. Everything that's that number. Oh, thus is thus. This is my midah. Thus is thus. Like Rav Nachman said, the top people say to break your midas. If you have a bad midah, break it. So Rav Nachman famously said, if you have a bad midah and you break it, you have two bad midas. So you don't break your midas. What you do is, because again, what's the midah? The midah is zman. And it's, thus is thus. It is what it is. The, the idea is not to be a tyrant over it and to dominate it and to break it. That's unhealthy for everyone. The tachlis is, this is my makabal, and my makabal is telling me what type of hashpa I have to give. So now, I'm, now that I know what system, what, what, what sugya I have to be mashpia with, now I take a step back within myself and I think, what is going to be more productive for me and my makabal to go forward? And, and in this case, the case would be to be a tshaychid or a moyal. So it's not avoiding the, the makabal, but it's being guided by that. But at the end of the day, the hashpa is something that you have decided within yourself based on your own will. You're not being forced by this man, but you're being guided by this man. That's, that, that's the definition, that's the definition of, a, of a healthy mashpia. So he says like this. That's what it means. The kivshua, to conquer it, but not in a tyrant way, to be in control. The chazak to the yisra to be a man, to be a mashpia. Nevertheless, Asia Schayal Terasbala. But the Nikeva ultimately is the guiding force. Without the Nikeva, then I'm just sitting there just dreaming about a number. I, there's nothing, there's no avoida. Nothing's happening. So it's the Nikeva that does that. So in a healthy way, so let's let us let us let us reorient ourselves. So what we have now based on this is that a, a better definition of what of what Navir is. Again, let's let's go back. We said what, what is what is sin and what is chuva. Sin and chuva is sin means more zmandik. I'm more connected to zman. What does tshuva mean? To be less connected to zman, more above. And the way the Vilna Gain is now interpreting this in terms of Zohar and Akeva, what it real boils down to is, and it, and it returns to a very simple point, and this is ultimately the very essence of what tshuva is. Who's in control? Who's in control? The definition of an Avera means that the circumstances of my life, the zman, that I find myself in, the nekevas, the, 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 the finite, the, the finite midas and boxes that I have been put in, that controls me completely. It doesn't just guide me, and I don't just see them as markers and indicators of what type of influence I have to have in the world. No, no, no. I am stuck in that. So the guy's born in a mazel that he's violent, that he has a temper. So there's two ways to look at it. A veridika way is what? Is that that's the box I'm stuck in. And that is ba- basically the nekeva taking over the zakhar, turning the zakhar into a little lemela, that the zakhar is all of a sudden now just makabal, uh, yes, sweetheart, whatever you say, I have no sense at all, I'm just a shmata. And spiritually speaking, it means that I am now completely in this box, and thus is thus. And that's it. Or, no, no, no. You're a man, and you're a zakhar. And Azachar means I am the one that influences. But what does it mean to influence? What, what, what am I supposed to do with the world? So the Ruach HaKadosh in my life telling me what type of influence I'm supposed to have in the world is my Nekeva. My Nekeva tells me what type of influence I'm supposed to have. Now that I'm born in this matzah that's called violent temper, I know that my Avaidah is going to influence the world in some way with that power. Shaykh, that's the example of the Gemara, but, but something like that. So it's not a, 
so there's two different things. That box that you're stuck in, that, 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 that zman that you have, the nekeva, in a way of avera, when chava is running the show, it means das is das, I'm stuck, I'm just, I'm just flowing with it, and I don't have any will. I am not a force of influence. I am just passive. That's, that itself is sin. That's taking a neshama, which is really transcendent, and saying it, and saying that the neshama is completely subservient to that box that's called time. That, 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 that itself has been, that itself is the biggest degradation to a neshama, is the very fact that the neshama feels that it's stuck in this particular box. What is the definition of tshuva? That, and, and because of that, so of course the person falls into mistakes. Because there's no self, there's no, there's no strength, there's no, there's no he, he's not the mashpia. If you're not a mashpia, it means that you are, you are the mushpa. Either you are influenced or you are influencing. Those are the two things. So either you're guiding the world and influencing it from a place of strength and of transcendence, or you are stuck in the world and you're being brought lower to it. So sin means that you, are, you have given in completely to that box that's called zman. And whatever that zman dictates... The, every, every single point in time, like we saw from the Rashash, that you, oh, it's late, I'm sorry, every single point in time that you come in contact with starts off as chaos. Without you influencing it, without you bringing light into the moment, the moment itself is chaos. So if you allow that moment to run the show, then everything is just going to be more chaos. The whole tachas of Oedis Hashem is what? Is to go into that moment, and what you're supposed to do is going to be guided by that moment, but what you're doing is influencing that moment influencing it in a way that's productive for that moment. And so whatever the, the, whatever the tukufa is, you are, not the, you are not the victim of that particular moment. That moment is guiding you and telling you what your tachlis is. And then in that moment, you do your tachlis. This, this is something that Bob Trevor was very much connect, connected to when he, when, he told, when he spoke to people. People would come and they would complain about their tsars, their tsars. And the Rebbe, always, like he never, he never just gave chizik stam. He said... Stop thinking of yourself as a victim of that moment. Like, this is the tzad that I'm in, I'm stuck. And if you go with that mentality, then that moment, which, is, which, which without you is still in chaos, is going to just further chaos. The answer is, of course you're in that moment. That moment is a guiding light. It's not a box that you're stuck in. It's the Ezer Kenegda. It's the guiding light telling you what type of hashpah and influence you have to have. You have to be the zacher at the end of the day. That's the tikkun. That's Sholem Bais. And ultimately... Where's the so in, a, so in a certain sense the nekeva is deeper because the nekeva has this this bina yisera this intuition this divine divine inspiration to know what her zacher is supposed to be doing because the zacher by himself might not know I, I'd rather I, I don't want to be a shaykh in the mile and the nekeva says no 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 honey you have to be a shaykh in the mile so the nekeva is the one that, that picks up on this and so she has those antennas of bina yisera but then the zacher has to look within himself and say okay now that I have this idea. Now I'm going to be productive. The definition of tshuva, therefore, the definition of tshuva is simple, is that you are in control of your life. And you, you have been put in a position of influence and not of being influenced. That's the definition of tshuva. It's to become a zacher. That, that's the definition, that's the definition of, of tshuva. The definition of sin, of course it brings you to shanis and machal sasuris, but the definition of sin is to see yourself as someone that's influenced as someone that's stuck in a particular box and not the one that's in charge, not the one that's influencing. That's the definition of sin. It's to be stuck in zman. And the definition of tshuva is to see yourself as mashpia. That's the definition. Now, just to end off, I know it's late, but just, this, is, this is cool. And I just wanted to share with you. Not that I could explain it, I can't. <laughs> but, number four. This is the Kutamaran. 
Lukut Maran gives an example. I'm not even going to We're just going to see it. I don't know. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see what he's doing. I don't know. Nachas is like this. Da, you should know. Ki ikr hazman, it's really a summing up of everything we saw. Ki ikr hazman, the definition of zman, and, and our, our sense that, you know, you know, sometimes you have like a long day, right? People are like, oh, it's, it's a long day, right? Now, obviously, any Barsechel knows the day is the same. Whether it was a Gishmaka day or not a Gishmaka day, it's the same. But the, the people have the lotion. It was a long day. So he says like this. Ki razman, this phenomenon that time sometimes feels longer. Sort of like you're schlepped along. Humach It's because we don't have Seichel. In the Reiser of Nachman, Seichel always means you're in charge. It means you're not passive, you're not secondary. You are the balabas. That's what Seichel is. The Rav Hashem gave you human being Seichel. What's the difference between an animal and a human being? So animals have Seichel too. Like, so what's the real difference between a seichel human being? The answer is, the anim- a seichel of an animal is, an animal doesn't try, maybe on a very s- small level by some animals, but most animals don't try to take control of their environment. So you have beavers, they'll make the dam. But they're not, they're not, they're not building structures. And inf- it's not why. They don't have the intellect for it. They, they, it's not on the radar. They're not, that, that's, they don't have this idea of being a mashpia. The human being was given seichel. And seichel doesn't just mean a higher intellect. With that higher intelligence, something clicks, which is, I am not stuck in whatever box I was put in. I'm being guided by that box, so if I'm, obviously, if I'm in the desert, I'm not going to start building types of structures that are more fit for some other environment. I'm going to obviously work with my environment, but I am in charge. I am the one that influences my environment. That's what seichel means. So it says of Nachman, the more seichel a person has, the more time passes quick, the more, the, the less stuck in Zman you are. He says like this, person has a small seichel, then time becomes long. The more bigger the seichel is, time becomes quicker. What's the example? Let's say a dream. person goes to sleep, yeah? So a guy sleeps for 15, 20, he has a 20 minute nap. There's no seichel in a dream, right? You're asleep, the seichel is gone. You are completely bottled to the environment around you. There's no seichel, right? So what happens? All you have is imagination now. Then what in reality is 15 minutes. You can go through 70 years in a dream. So all of a sudden, when the seichel is gone, then zman, which was only 15 minutes, oh, it's a long 15 minutes. So in the dream, you're going through mamish millennia of time and then you wake up it's only been 20 minutes what, what happened? because there's no seichel when there's no seichel you're more stuck in that particular box and the more the box is long but the more seichel you have the more you're in control of your environment the more you realize it was just 15 minutes so he says like this um, we have this in dreams you go through many different times what this in a small amount of time in reality. Then when you wake up, then you see, all that time that you, uh, that you dreamed about, and the 70 years that you passed through, in the dream, was just 15 minutes. Why? Because when you wake up, then you have seichel again. The more seichel you have, the more you see that time is small. Less seichel, time is longer. And he goes on to say, Ubemis, the end of the line, we'll just skip a little bit. Therefore, so that's what we all experience. So the, the regular seichel that we have makes a dream. Without that seichel, a dream is long. The seichel comes back, yeah, it was 15 minutes. 
But says Rav we see from there that the more seichel a person has, the less time is of significance. We see this. What's, what stresses people out very much is that whatever you're stuck in, people go through difficult times. But very often, the part of the Nisayan of a difficult time is that this is the entire universe I'm in. You can't think past it. Right? That's part of the Nisayan. It's because your seichel left you. The more seichel you have, the more, yeah, gamza yavr, it's also going to pass. And time... Time heals all wounds. Like things will pass. Things will pass, and it's not the, the end will be all. The answer is because as part of an sign, the Rebbeinu Shem puts the person in sign. It means that the nekeva is, is very very strong, and there's less seichel. So the zman that you're in, which is a difficult zman to begin with, and it's true, becomes very long. But the more person can be makasha themselves to seichel and ask that question of, what is my tachlis in this moment? What's the what's my influence in this moment? then that's bringing more seichel into your head, and the more seichel you have into your head, then all of a sudden that moment that now you are looking as not a victim of, but the influencer of, then all of a sudden that zman is put in perspective that there's going to be future zmanim, and then it's really not such an overwhelming uh, experience. And he goes on to say, let's, let's just finish off four lines before the end, by the period. al So he says like this, Mashiach sha'avr olav mash'avr. We know, that what's the, who's, who's the oldest neshama? Mashiach, right? It says in Pasuk, by the first day of creation, that the Spirit of Hashem is hovering over the waters, and Rashi brings down, that's the Ruach of Mashiach. So Mashiach is the oldest Neshama. <coughs> so he says like this, Mashiach, so Mashiach has, been, has gone through all of world history. He's very, very old. So does the Neshama. Sha'avra all of Mashavra, Miyam Briya Sa'ilam, Vesavah Mashasavah, Sa'ilam, you know, went through all these things. And what's amazing is, when it comes to Mashiach, it says in Pasuk, Hashem is going to say to Mashiach, Biniata, you're my son. Ani hayom yiladicha. I gave birth to you today. Today's your birthday, literally. But like you were born today. It's a wondrous thing. Mashiach is the oldest neshama, and then when Mashiach arrives, he's going to say, Amamish, I was just born today. Are you just born today? You're uh, six thousand years old, whatever. You're thousands of years years old. The answer is Achkol zemach mazgaidel etzim sichleishel Mashiach, because this what Mashiach is. Mashiach is that seichel. Mashiach is that I'm not a victim of the world. I'm in control. I'm the mashpi of the world. That's tshuva. That's tshuva. That's the great madrega of Mashiach, the meichen of Mashiach. A redemptive mindset is that you're in control. You're the you're the mashpia, not the makabel. The greater the seichel, the more time passes quick. The more it's insignificant, right? Less seichel, dream is very long. More seichel, it's only 15 minutes. The biggest seichel of all, then 6,000 years is nothing. That's Mashiach. And that's the side of Mashiach, that's the secret of Mashiach. And that's what Tshuva is. People get by. Tshuva is that you are sent here for a purpose with a mission, and every moment is guiding you what your mission is, but you're here to be Mashpin, to put your influence on the world. That's Tshuva. That's the essence of Tshuva. And everything else takes care of itself. It all takes care of itself. But you're not giving into the chaos. Averis come from being a victim of chaos, being a victim of time. Not a victim. You are the mashpi. You have that mashpia, that's tshuva itself. Hashem should help us. You should be zaych to do tshuva and have good shalom bias and, and learn tire of his man, you know, whatever. And uh, we shall have a, Hashem, a good year. Okay. Hashem, next, next week, Hashem, we'll, we'll try to tie it down, Lamaisa, and connect it back to Tztuk, right? Remember? That's still, still something missing. Okay. Shkayach, everybody.